I go, what's up, guys? John Sintas here, Cutter Nation podcast. Got a special guest, David Rankin over here, uh, the, the man, the CEO of Pitch Logic, uh, the Pitch Logic Baseball, F5 Sports. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, jumping on real quick for this call. Hey, John. Thanks a lot, man. We're excited to be working with you guys and, and really excited to be uh, showing everybody what, what's going on with Pitch Logic. And we just want to be a part of uh, getting baseball back on track as fast as possible. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a bummer that we cannot yeah. do what we love to do and throw baseballs, yeah. strike people out and, and do stuff. Um, that being said, it open up, opens up a massive opportunity for the baseball, you know, the people that need to work on things that they can catch up from where they're at. And this is one of the things what we're using with our remote training is, is your right. ball, actually. And uh, the ball gives us feedback. Uh, immediately. Uh, and, and so I have some questions for you about this awesome ball that I feel like who better to ask than, than the man. Right. And um, my, my first question to you with this is, okay, how does this ball work? How, how does somebody, <laughs> how does it just, how does it just feel like a perfect five ounce ball and then okay. just show up with cool stuff on my phone? You know, well, I, it only took about 15 years to figure out. So, but we've got time, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, it's, it's, the, the really I've, I've we've been developing product for hundreds of years it seems like but um this product really waited until new technology made it possible so there's a lot of stuff in there that just didn't exist three or four or five years ago and we used a lot of like there's neural networking and artificial intelligence capabilities inside of this ball that makes it work which you couldn't do before and also we've just got new new electronics low power super fast electronics in there and a sensor suite that is unique to the ball that nobody's ever put together the way we did and and that sort of thing so it's 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 a lot of years of understanding the problem but really we got lucky because a bunch of technologies all came together at once but what really happened is i i love baseball i think pitching is awesome I've, i'm not a pitcher everybody knows that but it's one of the most complicated things to do in the world as an engineer. It was just so much fun to work on that problem. And it's so much fun working with pitchers because it's just a great community of people. And they, the opportunity, they're always looking for opportunities to do things better. And so being part of that is that's why we're doing it. That's, that's awesome. Could you go into a little bit more of the detail about those, the tech that's inside this ball? Yeah, so inside the ball is, is a very tiny circuit board. It's about an inch across. It's, it's a little bit bigger than a quarter. And uh, uh, it's got a processor in there that does 64 million instructions per second, which you, you can't imagine. That's just too fast. I can't imagine that. But we needed that. And it's got a, a Bluetooth radio that talks to your phone, of course. And it's got a bunch of motion sensors that measure motion in, in a bunch of different ways, you know, like rotation and and acceleration and uh, uh it even knows what direction when you throw it it knows what compass heading you're throwing it and things like that and but the real trick was taking all of those different streams of data and and they call it fusion and fusing it into a coherent stream and then we had to figure out well how do you know when you're being thrown so you can measure all this stuff but how do you know that this is a pitch and not just some guy tossing the ball over to his buddy or rattling around in the back of a backpack. So we, we layered on these algorithms that also help it understand what, what kind of motion is happening, what, what you're actually doing with the ball. So uh, it's, it's uh, um, at, down in the dirt level, that's what it's doing. 
but at a higher level, what it's doing is, is, is the ball really understands how it's moving. So when you pick it up and walk around with it, it's tracking that motion. And so when you pick it up and you draw back and fire, it knows that, hey, I've just been pitched and I'm going to hit that glove in about 300 milliseconds. So it's, it's watching what's happening all the time. It's measuring it a thousand times a second. And as soon as it says, wait a minute, that was a pitch, it says, okay, I got to send out what just happened to the phone. And it does it super fast. Um, since it's always calculating, it's not just sitting there waiting, it's always calculating. And so as soon as it hits the glove, it's like, okay, take everything I just, that just happened and let's send it out. So as soon as you hear that sound of it hitting the glove, it's going to show up on your phone. Wow, that's that's interesting stuff. So the the processing speed is the fastest I've ever put inside a baseball, right? As far as I know, yeah. yeah. We've been doing this for a long time. A few years ago, we put a web server inside of a baseball bat. Okay, so it's a weird thing to be able to go onto your browser and log into a baseball bat, but we've done that too. Um, but in this case, um, the motion a pitcher uses to throw a baseball and all the things that happen in the last 30 milliseconds are extremely complicated. And it's not clear how human beings can even do it, right? We, we know we can, but how it does it kind of defies what we understand about the body. And so the ability to measure all of that takes a lot of processing power. And there's no better place to put it than right in the ball that's feeling all the effects of what you're doing to that ball. So we like being in the ball because it's a very simple system. For a pitcher, you just focus on the pitching, but you don't have cameras staring at you. You don't have, uh, you know, stuff that you're setting up or anything like that. You just pull the ball out of your pocket and you, you just start using it. And so it was a nice confluence of, hey, this is really easy to use, but it's also the perfect place to be if you want to measure a throw. Yeah, that's, I, I totally agree. It, it's amazing. It's an amazing piece of technology. You know, uh, I can remember the first uh, radar ball. Like there, I remember one of my neighbors had with the little screen in it. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And then it would show yeah. you the, right. And so that was such a cool little thing. And you, yeah. you, you, th yeah. you know, and, and so um, one of my next questions that I have is, is uh, from a buddy of mine we were talking about. Let me pull up his uh, message right here. One second. Okay, uh, so um, his question is, how does this ball record the speeds of the data faster than any other device on the market? Well, it's, it's, it was really important to us to be fast. We think that the way you learn is you throw, and while you can still feel what that throw is like, you know what happened. So you can, you can start associating, well, what does 2200 RPM feel like when I throw a fastball at that? spin rate or what does a curveball feel like when I finally get it right so having that pop up immediately and so you can associate the muscle memory excuse me associate the feeling so you can develop muscle memory is what we were really going for so the speed was the earliest uh, parameter of making it the product we were going after so having said that uh, that's why it took so long we had to wait for that 60 64 million flop uh, processor and we had to wait for the algorithms that could crunch that data as quickly as we needed. So really uh, knowing how to do the problem wasn't the problem. It was waiting for all the hardware to catch up so we could do it instantly like you see there. So uh, the product waited until we could do it fast the way you see it now. Wow. So you knew you knew what the number was like as far as what processing speed you needed to get to in order for it to be 
correct? Well, having failed at developing this product multiple times, I can tell you a lot of wrong ways to go about it. So we were pleasantly pleased when we finally found out, hey, this combination works, right? But we, we tried doing it on some older hardware uh, at least three times. You know, let's cram it in there, make it work this time. And it's just always too slow. You know, you could get the data, but it was yeah. always too slow. But uh, the, the speed is, is what makes the product so fun to interact with. Uh, Steven and I, when we're working together on it, you know, sometimes we'll just play catch just to see the numbers pop up because of all the people that should be, should not care. I still think it's just awesome when the numbers pop up like that. Um, I would never say I was surprised because that wouldn't connote big confidence in the product, but it's very cool when it happens. And, and it's because it pops up immediately. And that's, that's the first reaction when we show it to people is, wow, it's so fast. And we're like, awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. It really is. It's it's kind of cool. Um, okay, next question. Um, why is this ball consistently faster than most of the um, devices on the market? Great question. Really great question. And it goes to to uh, the precision that we're we're trying to reach with this product. So as I said, we're measuring everything a thousand times a second, glove to glove. So when you take it out of your glove. We start measuring your take back, your stretch, whatever you do within your take back. And then as you come over the top in your delivery, we're measuring a thousand times a second about, we're measuring about at a raw level, at least 15,000 pieces of data per second. So we know exactly when that ball leaves your fingertip. So as soon as it's a millisecond off of your fingertip, we take a snapshot of everything that's going on. And we use that point for your speed. So we're always measuring your speed at exactly the same point. And uh, radar guns uh, attempt to do that. We have the newest Stalker with the, the, the Pro S. It's a great product. Um, and it does, it does a good job of it, uh, but not perfect. Because when, when your hand is moving at the same speed as the ball, it has to figure out which is the ball and which is your hand. And so... Um, it has to sort through that mess. Whereas we know exactly what part is the ball and we know exactly when your finger is no longer touching it. We feel the release of it from your finger. Um, so uh, we always measure at the same point, whereas other devices measure it at different points downrange and then try to back it up to the point of release as accurately as they can. Like I say, some products do a really good job of it. Um, there's an interesting effect, though, that we saw with the, uh, the Stalker S is that when, when you measure a fastball with the radar gun, it's slightly faster. We're slightly faster due to the effect we're talking about. If you put it in peak mode, which measures the fastest speed it sees no matter what, um, and you throw a curveball, it always measures um, a little bit higher than us. The reason is because right before you release the curveball, your hand gets right in front of it and it, it kind of rolls off your fingertip it's actually going a little bit faster right before it comes off your hand. And then right after it leaves your hand, it slows down like a half a mile an hour. And the gun is measuring it while it's still in your hand because that's the peak speed. We're measuring it right as it leaves your hand and it's slowed down just slightly. So it's kind of neat because it validates what we understand about throwing a curveball. I think it also gives some uh, props to Stalker for catching that peak speed so well. But in the end of the in, at the end, you need to know what it is at a very consistent point in your throw, and that's what we're, we're trying to do as good of a job as we can. 
that's those are great examples. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Like if you spin the ball, that makes a lot of sense because if you spin the ball, you know, even just thinking about visibility of the radar gun, right? If the hand goes in yeah. front, there's there's a delay also to it, also. But that's right. The fact that that's right. the fact the fact that you pick it up um, at whatever the fastest speed it sees is interesting. Um, those those are great answers right there. Um, how many versions of this baseball? What version is this? Like, you know, like how, how many? You said that there's three attempts so far. So, like, this let me, is because let me show you the first one. The so, this is know. the first one. Okay. Took, drilled a big hole in it, jammed the electronics in it. Sorry. And then we, we held it in with a piece of tape. So, this is tape ball. It's part of our history, right? And um, so, this is version zero to answer your question. But the hardware that we have right now uh, is is the final hardware. We have no plans to change the hardware in that ball. And that's really, really important because we've got some really exciting upgrades coming out to uh, to uh, enhance the capabilities and expand the capabilities. And it's going to work with the same exact ball that you have now. So this is the same hardware that we released uh, a year ago. And uh, it's been performing great for us. And we think that... Uh, uh, we don't. It's going to support all the functions that we have coming up over the next couple of years. So we think that, uh, um, in effect, it's version 1.0, but it's a, you know, in reality, we've been through a lot of iterations to get to that point. But what's important here is that we're not going to release something really cool and then make you go buy another ball to take advantage of it. That's that's good to know. Yeah. You know, the consumers care about what the process is. Um, you know, that's one of the things like owning your own data and you know the being able to access it on multiple devices or, or i had an instance where um my ipad and when my ipad broke um i had i had a backup one so when i count my, all my stuff was right there sure so it, yeah. it just really what, what was a great example of like why that's important you know if yeah. you're still able to i, I lost no hey basically right oh ipad broke okay Today, because I had the device that was functioning, you know, I couldn't imagine. Think about it, like getting the 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 data off the iPad. That's broken, right, right, right. Trying yeah. to figure that thing sure. out. You know, that's a whole. There's a whole other. You know, I'm accident prone. But, you know, seriously. So, well, you know, there's another it's, thing about it's a great that. Function. Is if if you first of all, that's important because I'm accident prone too. And these devices, you know, we got them out there and we're throwing baseballs around and people are walking around stepping on stuff. We get it up to the cloud as fast as possible. That also get, lets you, if somebody else wants to watch the session, they can log into your account. You have to give them your password, but you can log into your account and then they can watch that session happening just like you're like they're there. So we've had, we had one guy buy a baseball for his kid because he wanted to watch him do his bullpens while he's away at college. So when his kid's getting ready to do a bullpen, he just logs in and he can watch every pitch come by and shows up in the app just like it would if you were standing right next to the kid that's a really important feature especially being a remote training business right now with stuff that means right. that sure small, i can actually look at the data instead of asking somebody so i can actually be like oh wow yeah this is yeah huge as far as like especially in what's going to happen you know over the next three or four months where there's going to be even more limits to how you're able to you know be outside and be around people mm. and stuff so yeah your ability to train by yourself and but also be guided by your coach like 
man, I'm going to tell everybody that right now. Cause yeah. that's huge. I wasn't sure if I honestly wasn't sure if that was a possibility. It's actually on my question list right there. Okay. I'm a, yeah. Great. I'm a, little, I'm a little bit of a hacker, you know, too. I've got the YouTube <laughs> TV with the family and you know, yeah, the, yeah. My, my dad, my, my dad, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my yeah. brother-in-law, you know, we've all got the passwords and stuff from there. So yeah, that's that's awesome. that's big for the consumer. It sounds like that you are really looking out for the athlete and the, and the people who are actually using this, trying to make sure that they understand, you know, that you're looking out for them. You're not trying to get them to buy another ball later, or you know, you're trying to make sure that hey, right. this is this is a relationship with this company that that you can trust. Well, I mean, we do feel that way. I know a lot of people say it, but we're really trying to trying to think about what people need. I, that's why you make money, right? You you figure out what people really really need and what they hate and you, you you try to work towards that and then you have a relationship where everybody benefits and totally. that's the way we try to operate i'm sure we fall short daily but that's what we're always looking towards right because yeah and, and honestly that i'm uh, I, I really love being part of the baseball community and and the people i've met are all like that they engender that sort of relationship so uh it's it's just a great way to run a company yeah it's it's like i said i feel it you know, and I don't, I don't put my uh, stamp on a lot of products and things because I, I need to be proven. You know, I need to see stuff. I'm, sure. I'm very, you know, adamant about yeah. process and accuracy and stuff in there. And so, you know, you yeah. being an engineer, the conversations that we've had about this and, and how you're willing to go on camera and just, you know, let everybody know what it comes, you know, there, there's no speculation to this. This is, this is important to the baseball world too. This is, this is very, um, this is very nice of you for you to come out and, and say this to everybody. This, you don't see this oh, with a lot of companies. Yeah. So, we enjoy it. We love uh, it. Another, another question. Um, there's an idea, and, and if you don't, you, let's say you can't answer this question, no okay. big deal. Or you don't want to, no big deal. Okay. Um, if there's an idea of backwards slash forwards extension, is that viable to consider when um, calculating velocity? So, okay, it's a good question. The velocity is not part of your forward motion, right? Well, let me say, obviously, if we move forward faster, you're going to get a higher velocity, right? But it doesn't change the accuracy of the velocity, if I, if I understand your question. So, like, um, if, if you get into your forward motion very quickly, you're going you're gonna to start uh, moving faster than, than – um, your backward extension motion is. So you can actually get your backward extension shrink down to zero. And that's all properly, because you do your set right here at that mm -hmm. zero point, but you might move past that zero point before you're actually done with your backwards motion. Probably easier to demonstrate. But uh, so your backward extension can go to zero if you're moving quickly. If you're doing a flat-footed throw, like I always do, um, you're just going to stand there and you're going to reach back, you know, two feet and you're going to fling forward and you're going to get three feet. And, uh, but your velocity is all relative to the earth frame, not relative to how fast your body is moving. So I, I I'm not sure if I explained that, but, uh, no, you did. That's, that's a good okay. question. Um, okay. that's, you know, cause that, that is, um, for example, with, with our, philosophy of throwing stuff is we don't want a lot of backward extension we actually okay. in a position that you want we want to go forward right so that's something that we use like oh if it actually shows backward extensions that means your weight shift and your leg kick you went back too far right, right so exactly yeah. 
neutral neutral on that spot. So it kind of helps teach them like, oh, I can't feel that. I got to go the correct direction, you know, yeah. when they're moving. So it's an interesting metric that I, I haven't, um, this is my first time like coaching and looking at it and trying sure. to find yeah. correlations to what things are. And we see it um, with guys on the mound where we can start seeing a range of extension right. forward extension to where, Oh, uh, when you are five foot two extension, you're 88. And when you're six foot eight extension, you're 94. Right. So it's, yeah. it's like, oh, okay, well, all right, this is, this is an area, um, from that. So, so, um, could you talk about, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Go well, ahead. I, no, I was just going to say when you do your set that everything is relative to that point. So, um, you, if your body's, it's not relative to your body motion, right? It's relative to where it is in space. So when you do your set, you set that point, And then as you start moving forward, um, wherever, how far the ball moves behind that point and how far it moves forward of that point. So if you've got long legs and a really deep stride, you know, you're going to stretch it out to, to six and a half feet, say, you know, but if you don't take a deep stride, it's only going to go out to say four or five feet. The back extension has this odd thing that it's actually as much about your timing as it is about how far you reached. Because as you're moving forward and you're reaching backwards, if you move forward faster than you reach backwards, if you get into your stride really quickly, then that number gets shorter and shorter and eventually down to zero. So I think from a coaching perspective, it helps you understand, are you, are you lunging? Are you, um, are, you, are you being lazy? Is your hand staying behind your body? There's a lot of things that you can use that back extension number for. And and it's just like exactly what you said. You just study it. You just watch people throw and you start to go, hey, a good throw. This is the back extension for this guy. Okay. That's that's great. Um, let me see. Oh, I had a good one. Um, can you – okay. Ready? Can you speak about the accuracy readings as far as um, how how you guys collect your data and then how accurate you see you have your findings? Yeah, I love to talk about accuracy. Um, and I'll even tell you some dirt about accuracy if you want to hear it. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, 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 uh, um, the, the ball is, is designed to be two things at once, starting back to philosophy. The ball is designed to be a baseball first. So when it's in your hand, all I want you thinking about is I've got a baseball. I'm going to pitch it. And I'm going to strike this guy out. That's the starting point. Inside the ball is this we consider to be a very sophisticated piece of lab equipment. So we, we've got this dual kind of opposite identity going on that um, has actually worked because I think people understand both aspects of it. So what I'm trying to get at is you brought the little speed ball with the display in the middle of it. Okay. We were so afraid of people thinking it was just some sophisticated version of that, which of course we're not. It actually replaces thousands of dollars of equipment. And when you see our new capabilities that we'll talk about you and I someday, um, you'll see that it does so much more than what you can see now. But um, uh, Part of being a lab instrument is you've got to be accurate. You've got to strive for maximum accuracy. And so that, you know, we talked about speed of responsiveness being one of our major goals. Well, accuracy is another one of our goals because if it's not accurate, it's a piece of, it's just a toy. It's a piece of junk. Um, So uh, we are always working to improve on that. Um, The spin rates 
if you think about it, we're inside of the ball. If we can't get spin rate when you're inside of the ball, then you, you're not going to you, you got to nail that. And of course it's easy to nail that. So um, there's other products out there do a very good job of measuring spin. Ours is, is arguably the most accurate because it's, we're spinning and we see ourselves spinning. We just got to count them going by. What, what's, what also is important about that is Stalker and Rapsodo and Trackman did a fantastic job of measuring spin in a much more difficult way. It's, it's hard to do with a camera or a radar. And they did a great job because our numbers, which we consider gold standard, and their numbers are always very, very close together. That means is if you go work out on a <laughs> with your coach, then you go home and throw our ball or, or you go to a different coach with our ball, you can compare those numbers back and forth. Okay, TrackMan's going to give you a good number. Rapsodo's going to give you a number. And we're going to give you a number that we also think is better. But, you know, uh, so the good news is we're very accurate and the the really good news is for spin, everybody else is really accurate too. That's awesome. Um, and the spin axis is so important because that's what defines a pitch. If you understand your spin axis, then you know what you throw. You, you know, you throw a fastball, you're, you're, you're right aligned with your arm slot. You throw a curveball, you're opposite your arm slot, on and on and on. So having a really accurate uh, spin axis, brake direction, uh, trying to think of the other names for it, is is uh, another thing that has to be very accurate. And again, that's something that we're very, very good at. And, and I think, uh, uh, you know, more, more than competitive industry leading. Um, with our velocity, I think that we, we do a very good job almost all of the time, but we know that there's a, a couple of deficits every now and then that we're actively working on. So uh, I think that we're on par with everybody else uh, in terms of speed, but I'm not, we can't brag about it yet. And uh, that's that's something that uh, we're going to be uh, improving on in the next few weeks. We'll send out some firmware that we think will improve on that as well. So um, we want to be the industry leader in every area, and we're there for most of it. And where we're not, we're we're going to work to get there as quick as we can, but not to throw shade at the other folks because they've done a great job too. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You, you made the point about like you're literally counting the revolutions. And yeah. um, that makes makes a lot of sense. You know, sure. Yeah. Sen sensors it's and easy. computers, like you said. Yeah, exactly. That's not, yeah. you know, and, and you, you talked about the gyro or the compass. So that makes sense why it, it knows which directions it's going, where the G-forces right. are and, and, and the things yeah. from there. So it's exactly. You know, I'm not full nerd. I've got a best friend that's full <laughs> astrophysics nerd, and so he's. Well, I'll be your friend to him. He's, that way you can have a full nerd. Yeah, as a friend. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, definitely, definitely appreciate it, Dave. You bet. Um, could you? Um, what do you feel like is your most favorite um, metric um, with the ball? Well, I think it's a great question. I I, I really do like spin axis and arm slot. Um, together as a pair I, I mean velocity is you know we've been seeing that for lots of years and i i don't i mean it's important but it's common you know we understand that and uh you know uh even forward and backward extension has a lot of interesting things but the spin axis is so much about what the pitch is going to be it tells you so much about it if you're throwing it right do i have too much rifle spin is my spin efficiency where it needs to be is my arm, am I dropping my arm for this pitch and raising it for another pitch? Those two metrics together are the ones that are the newest for everybody. 
you know, uh, five years ago, we didn't even talk about these things. Now we, now we have the ability to talk about them every day, but also they're the ones that control the outcome of the pitch so much. If you don't get those right, it doesn't matter how fast you're throwing it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're controlling your extensions. You got to get those, those two things right. So I, I, I love those. They're intricate. They're interesting. But they are also uh, very key to throwing good pitches. But why don't you tell me, like, you've been having a lot of conversations with other baseball people in the industry. Could you maybe touch on a little bit about what you guys have been talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, um, we, we try to keep everybody's business to themselves. We don't really talk about who we talk, talk, talk too much. But, but in general, we've had the absolute pleasure of getting reception from a lot of really great parts of baseball. The, you know, the pros have been fantastic with us, very opening. You know, once they test the heck out of you, then, then they're glad to have you on board. And that was a fun process. And uh, 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 a lot of coaches, just guys working in high school or, or uh, travel teams and things like that, spend a lot of time talking to those. And, and kind of the guy that's made all of that work great is Larry Sorensen. He joined us about two years ago and uh, major league pitcher, uh, 11 seasons, all-star 1978. And so he's a great baseball player. Awesome to travel with. He's got a million stories that'll crack you up, but uh, he also is a great communicator. He's a broadcaster. He does uh, uh, basketball, excuse me, baseball and football for Wake Forest University. And uh, he just, he just, is a great communicator and he fills a huge gap for us. So he and I go and talk to teams a lot together and I bring the nerdy science stuff on board and he, he brings the uh, Mr. Baseball stuff on board and, and he's a lot of fun. I, I hope you can get him on the air sometime because. Uh, yeah, we'd love to have him for sure. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll reach out. I've had some good conversations with Larry also. So yeah, I'm, I got to yeah. get him on here. Well, and the thing that really was so exciting about having Larry come on board is that he's, he's all the things that Mr. Baseball needs to be, but he gets, the progressive aspect of what this thing, he's a very forward work looking guy. He understands how this kind of data can just make a huge difference regardless of where you get the data from, hopefully from us, but use the data, use the technology because it changes the way you learn. And he got that from the very, very start. Yeah, I, I agree. He was explaining a, a process with me with, with, he was ex using it with the trainer and the guy was asking, um, how the youth can use the ball. Um, is that, is that something you can touch on? Is, is there a recommendation with the youth on where do you think that they can, you know, what, what, why do they need this baseball? How can it help a, let's say a, a, a six to 10 year old? Um, well, first of all, I've had, I've had, after seeing eight year olds throw much faster than I can humiliating. <laughs> okay. But uh, the, 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 the ability to, use the data coming out of the ball seems to grow as you get younger and younger. It's just, it's really exciting to watch. We've had eight and 10 year olds come in here and teach themselves how to do all kinds of stuff. Just, just by using the ball and just studying the numbers, they just pick it, pick it up fast. But we, we think that a lot of these tools have been, you know, like Rep Soto and TrackMan and, and Stalker have really been siloed into kind of an assessment role. Oh, coach, coach has that tool. When I go in and take a lesson, he uses that to figure out where I'm at and things like that. And, and a lot of that's because they're not affordable or they're difficult to use or whatever. One of our goals with this product was to take technology, make it part of your practice. So if you're with a buddy in your backyard 
and you're throwing pitches, you still get that high quality data, but you're getting it as soon as the ball hits the mitt, you're seeing the data and that gives you the ability to teach yourself or reinforce things. One of the worst things you can do, in my opinion, is practice without any understanding if you're getting it right or not. You know, go throw 50 pitches. Did I do them right? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I didn't. Maybe I just taught myself a new wrong way to do it. But when the technology is there, it's always helping you understand if you're doing it right or not doing it or, or what you might do it a little bit better. So we think that for the youth, that's the hugest use of the ball is to, to take it out in the yard and throw it with your, your mom and dad or your best friend or whatever and get it right from the very beginning. And, uh, you know, and then as you, as you develop and you start working on new pitches, it can help you with that. And then all the way up into the pros, we've got a bunch of balls that, that the pros use and they're using it to troubleshoot a problem or if they come back from a, a surgery or something, they can immediately see what they need to start building back up and things like that. So, but, but the kids use it for practice every day. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine if I was a young kid and I knew what the ball data was from like eight and right. I was like, Oh, okay, here's my curveball data. Here's my changeup data. Yeah. Here's my two seam yeah. data. Like if I just knew what it was and I was tracking it as I went, it would just be, you know, it'd be very entertaining. So, and I'm, I'm obsessed with numbers and, and progress and development anyway. Yeah. So this would yeah. do nothing but just add to my addiction. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. and it won't help the kid, you know, it won't help the dad who says, I don't know what that number means. And the kid tells him all about it. Right. That's that exactly. relationship broken forever. <laughs> totally. For sure. For sure. Deb. All right, Dave. Well, I don't want to eat up too much more of your time. Uh, we'll do this again. Like this was awesome. And maybe we can get Larry and some other people on here, but um, I really appreciate you taking some time and just answering some questions. You know, okay. I, this is going to help a, a lot of the baseball uh, community um, with, you know, just, just getting some great, real from from the source uh information so thanks again well we i'm excited and i really appreciate everybody uh uh you know helping us out and 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 using the product and anything we can do to help you guys especially now please let us know and we'll help you out any way we can and uh if you got any questions you know just get a hold of us get a hold of me whatever whatever it takes we want to help sounds good uh once you tell everybody where they can find this ball uh website social media anything from there Sure. Yeah. Go, go to pitchlogic.com on the web and uh, you can find it there. And then uh, uh, pitch logic on uh, Twitter, excuse me, on Facebook. Let me try again on Instagram and then pitch logic S we don't know why on Twitter. Okay. Got it. Okay. So pitchlogic.com. We got pitch logic on Instagram, pitch logic S on Twitter and then pitch logic on Facebook. So, that's Guys, right. check them out on there. Um, don't forget, you get a $25 rebate with code Cutter Nation. So appreciate to David for that, to the community there. You guys definitely learn learn what this ball can do. Um, the battery in it is unreal to a 15-minute charge. You can use it for your throwing session. So even if you show up and it's not charged, you can still warm up for 15 minutes. Get all this. So this, is, yeah. this is an impressive piece of technology. And, and I, I appreciate it very much. All right. Thanks so much, John. Stay, stay safe.